Chapter 4 Doctors, where do I start? Doctors really don't get me. Mom's a nurse, so I guess she speaks their language, but they sure don't know how to talk to me. I've seen dozens of doctors in my life who all try to analyze me and figure me out. None of them can fix me, so I usually ignore them and act like the stupid person they think I am. I pace on a blank look, focus on one wall, and pretend their questions are too hard for me to understand. It's sort of what they expect anyway. When I turned five, it was time to think about enrolling me in school, so my mother took me to a doctor whose job it was to figure out how smart I was. She wheeled me in, locked the brakes so my wheelchair would not roll, and made sure the lap strap was fastened. When my seatbelt comes undone, and it does every once in a while, I slide out of that wheelchair like a piece of wet spaghetti. The specialist was a very large man. The bottom button of his shirt had come undone, and his stomach poked through above his belt. Gross. My name is Dr. Hugely, he said in a booming voice. For real, I couldn't make this stuff up. We're going to play a game today, okay? I'll ask you some questions, and you get to play with the toys here. Won't that be fun? I knew it would be a long, long hour. He brought out a sack of well-used, hopefully not lead-tainted wood blocks, then lead in, leaned in so close to me I could see the pores in his face. Gross. Can you stack these in order according to size, he said loudly and slowly, as if I were hard of hearing and really stupid. But who was being stupid? Didn't he know I couldn't grab the blocks? Of course I knew which block was bigger than the other, but I couldn't stack them if he paid me money. So I just took my arm and swept them all onto the floor. They fell with a wooden clatter. I tried not to laugh as he picked them up. He breathed really hard as he reached for them. Next, he held up a glossy 8x10 cards with different colors painted each one. Tell me when you see the color blue, Melody. He said in that voice that told me he thought this was all a waste of time. When the blue card showed up, I pointed to it and made a noise. Buh, I said. Marvelous, tremendous, stupendous, he shouted. He praised me like I had just passed a test to get into college. If I could have rolled my eyes, I would have. Then he showed me green, so I kicked and made a noise, but my mouth can't make the G sound. The doctor looked disappointed. He scribbled something on his clipboard, pulled out another stack of cards, and said loudly, I'm going to ask you some questions now, Melody, and these might be hard, so do your best. I just looked at him and waited until while he placed the first set of cards in front of me. Number one, which of these is not like the other? Where did he get this stuff from Sesame Street? He showed me these pictures of a tomato, a cherry, a round red balloon, and a banana. I know he's probably looking for the balloon as the answer, but that just seemed too easy, so I pointed to the banana, because the first three were not round and red, and the banana was not. Mr. Hugely sighed and scribbled more notes. Number two, he said. He showed me four more cards. This time, they were pictures of a cow, a whale, a camel, and an elephant. Which animal gives birth to a calf? Now, I watch Animal Planet all the time. I know for a fact that all the animals he had pictured here had babies called a calf. I knew doctors were supposed to be smart. What do I do? I he hit each picture slowly and carefully, then did it once more to make sure he understood. I don't think he did. I heard him mumber, mumble cow as he wrote more notes. It was clear he was giving up on me. I noticed a copy of Goodnight Moon on his bookshelf. I think it was written in Spanish. It was called Buenas Noches Luna. They would have been fun to look at, but I have no way of telling him I'd like to see the book. After watching Sesame Street and Dora the Explorer a million times and sitting for hours watching the Spanish channels, I could understand quite a bit of Spanish as if, if it was spoken slowly enough, and at least enough words to read the title of that book. He never thought to ask me about that, of course. I knew the words and melodies of hundreds of songs. A symphony exploded, exploded inside my head with no one to hear it but me, but he never asked me about music. 
I knew all the colors and shapes and animals and children my age were supposed to know, plus lots more. In my head, I could count to 1,000, forward and backward. I could identify hundreds of words on sight, but all that was stuck inside. Mr. H- Dr. Hugely thought he had, even though he had been to college for like a million years, would never be smart enough to see inside me. So I put on my handicapped face and took my mind back to the last summer when my mom and I went to the zoo. I really liked the elephants, but talk about stink. Actually, Dr. Hugely sort of reminded me of one of them. My mom and the doctor had no idea why I was smiling as we rolled into the waiting room while he wrote up his evaluation of me. It didn't take long. I'm always amazed at how adults assume I can't hear. They talk about me as if I'm invisible, figuring I'm too dumb to understand their conversation. I learned quite a bit this way, but this conversation really was awful. He didn't even try to soften the news for my mom, who I'm sure felt like she was getting hit by a truck. He said by clearing his throat. Mr. Mrs. Brooks, he said, it's my opinion that Melody is severely brand dam- damaged and profoundly stupid. Whoa, even though I was five, I had watched enough Easter Seals telethons to know this was bad, really bad. I felt a thud in my gut. My mom gasped and said nothing for a full minute. Finally, she took a deep breath and protested quietly. But I know she's bright. I can see it in her eyes. You love her. It's only normal to have wishful thinking, Dr. Hugely told her gently. No, she has a spark. More than that, a flame of real intelligence. I just know it, my mom insisted, sounding a little stronger. It takes time to accept the limitations of a beloved child. She has cerebral palsy, Mrs. Brooks. I know the name of her condition, doctor, my mother said with ice in her voice. But a person is so much more than the name of a diagnosis on a chart. Good try, mom, I was thinking. But already in her voice, she was losing her edge, melting into the mushiness of helplessness. She laughs at jokes, my mother told him. The ice in her voice replaced my desperation, right at the punchline. Mom's voice faded. What she was saying sounded ridiculous, even to me. But I could see she just couldn't find the words to explain her gut feeling that I have some smart stuck in here. Dr. Hugely looked from her to me. He shook his head, then said, You're lucky she has the the ability to smile and laugh, but Melody has never been able to walk on her own or speak a single sentence. She will never be able to feed herself, take care of her own personal needs, or understand anything more than a simple instruction. Once you accept that reality, you can deal with the future. That was just plain mean. My mom hardly ever cries, but she did that day. She cried and cried and cried. Dr. Hugely had to give her a whole box of tissues. Both of them ignored me while she sobbed and tried to finish the nice words to say to make her feel better. He didn't do a very good job. Finally, he gave her options. You and your husband have several decisions to make, he told mom. You can choose to keep her at home, or you can send her to a special school for the developmentally disabled. There aren't many choices here locally. Where do they get these almost pleasant-sounding phrases to describe kids like me? Mom made a sound that could have been meowing of a kitten. She was losing it. Dr. Hugely continued, You can also decide to put Melody in a residential facility where she can be cared for and kept comfortable. He pulled out a colorful brochure with a smiling kid in a wheelchair on the cover and handed it to my mom. I trembled as she took it. Let's see, the doctor said. Melody is uh, five now. That's the perfect age for her to learn to adjust to a new environment. You and your husband can get on with your lives without her as a burden. In time, her memories of you will fade. I stared at my mom frantically. I didn't want to be sent away. Was I a burden? I never thought of it like that. Maybe it would be easier for them if I went around. I gulped. My hands got cold. Mom wasn't looking at me. She was staring daggers at Miss at Dr. Hugely. She crumpled up the tissue she held and stood up. Let me tell you something, doctor. There is no way in heaven or hell that we'll be sending Melody away to a nursing home. 
I blinked. Was this my mother? I blinked again, and she was still there right up in Dr. Hugely's face. She wasn't finished. You know what, my mother said as she angrily hurled the brochure into the trash can. I think you're cold and insensitive. I hope you never have a child with difficulties. You'd probably put it out with your trash. Dr. Hugely looked shocked. And what's more, she continued, I think you're wrong. I know you are. Melody has more brains hidden in her head than you'll ever have. Despite fancy degrees from fancy schools you've got posted all over your walls, it was the doctor's turn to blink. You've got it easy. You have all your physical functions working properly. You never have to struggle just to be understood. You think you're smart because you have a medical degree. He was wise enough to keep his mouth shut and ashamed enough to lower his head. Mom was on a roll. You're not so intelligent, sir. You're just lucky. All of us who have our faculties intact are just plain blessed. Melody is able to figure out things, communicate and manage in a world where nothing works right for her. She is the one with the true intelligence. She marched out of his office then, rolling me swiftly through the thick doors in the hall. We did a fist bump. Well, the best I could manage. My hands were no longer cold. I'm taking you right now and enrolling you in Spalding Street Elementary School, she announced with determination as we headed back to the car. Let's get busy.